0: to your daily dose of books. I'm Samantha, and I'm here with Dana to talk about the mystery surrounding the Thunderhead. Thunderhead is a book
1: written by Neil Shusterman. It's the second book in the Scythe Trilogy, which means that this episode might contain spoilers for the first book. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to The Corrupt Society of the Scythe, a podcast episode where Samantha and I review the first book in the Scythe Trilogy. Thunderhead centers around Citra and Rowan a year after the whole ordeal in Conclave. The reader also gets to peer into the lives of the Thunderhead, the Unsavories, the Tonists, and a brand new main character, Grayson Tolliver.
0: The Thunderhead is a powerful AI that has risen to power. It is all-knowing and has mostly taken control of the whole world. However, it has no control over the Scythe Dome. It's been a year since Rowan has gone off-grid. After escaping Conclave, Rowan Damish turned into Scythe Lucifer, a scythe that violates every rule in the Scythe Dome's book, from wearing a black robe to naming himself Scythe Lucifer. He has become an urban legend amongst the people, known for killing corrupt scythes.
1: Though he is trying to help by stopping the corruption, he is now wanted by the Scythe So he becomes vigilant. Continuously on the run while killing corrupt scythes. One of the places he stayed in was Scythe Faraday's beach house. According to the rest of the world, Scythe Faraday was still dead. Little knew about his feigned death.
0: Scythe Faraday strongly disapproved of what Rowan was doing, thinking that only Citra had the power to completely change the scythe film. Faraday decided to leave in order to start an investigation. It all centered around a land of Nod, a fictional place that Faraday believed might not be so fictional at all.
1: On the other hand, Citra, or now better known as Scythe Anastasia, has become a Scythe with a powerful voice in the Scythedom. She was taught well by her former mentor, Scythe Curie, who still fully supports her. However, though she has gained many supporters, she has also formed many enemies.
0: Grayson Tolliver is a boy who worked for the Thunderhead. He was the first to notice the attack targeted at Scythe Anastasia and Scythe Curie. Immediately after seeing the tripwire that was delicately laid out on a road, Grayson leaped in front of the oncoming car, finding it occupied by the two Scythes. He manages to force the car to come to a stop, narrowly avoiding the trap. However, due to his status
1: with the Thunderhead, he is marked as an unsavory, a title that shows the rejection of the Thunderhead. This means that he cannot communicate with the Thunderhead, and the rest of society will look down on him. Grayson thought that this was because of the Scythe and State Separation Act, an act that prohibited anyone who worked with the Thunderhead from meddling with Scythe business. Little did he know that instead, this was a secret investigation that would end up helping him save the lives of Scythe Anastasia and Scythe Curry once again.
0: After the first attack, Scythe's Anastasia and Cary team up with Scythe Constantine, a friend and the best detective in the Scythe film, to investigate and find a person who attempted to kill them.
1: While the trio of Scythe's investigate, Grace and Tolliver learned to embrace his unsavoriness by taking on the name of Slade Bridger. To fit his name, he began acting like an unsavory as well, becoming extremely unruly. During that time, he meets an infamous unsavory woman who goes by the name of Purity.
0: Grayson, or should I say Slade, immediately falls in love with Purity, even after he learned about how truly crazy she was. However, Slade later finds something that he hadn't been expecting. Purity had planned a second attack on the exact sites who Grayson was trying to protect. The plan was suddenly to attack the sites while they watched a theater piece. Grayson couldn't let this happen. Purity planned to set the whole theater on fire and then quickly replace the water in the emergency sprinklers with deadly acid. The revival of anyone who died would be impossible due to the fact that the acid would eat their flesh until there was nothing left of them.
1: On the day of the attack, Slade was instructed to cause a distraction so that Purity and a few other unsavories would be able to sneak into the theater unnoticed. Instead of doing as he was told, he left his post just in time to break and empty the pipes, right before the deadly acid would have hit Scythe Anastasia. Shortly after, he was on the run. Not just from Purity and her gang, but also from a certain Scythe who suspected that Slade wasn't the hero he claimed to be.
0: Scythe Constantine, the investigator, believes that Slade was the one who attempted to kill the honorable Scythes. He becomes determined to hunt down and end the unsavory, once and for all.
1: While Slade tries his best to scout out a hideout, Rowan is forced to face his own set of problems. While he was stalking one of the corrupt scythes, he suddenly began to realize that he was being lured into a trap. Before he could react, he was suddenly knocked out and kidnapped. He wakes up to find himself strapped to a chair, staring at the sight of Scythe Rand, his former mentor's junior scythe. Rowan thought he had killed her, and yet she had managed to save herself.
0: Next to Scytheran was Tiger Salazar, Rowan's party boyfriend. Tiger claimed that Scytheran was training him to become a Scythe, but Rowan knew that something was very, very wrong. Tiger was not fit to be a Scythe. He was carefree and did not despise the thought of ending lives. Rowan tried to warn his friend, but it was already too late. As it turned out, Rowan had a right to worry. A few days later, he woke up to the sight of Scythe Goddard, and Tiger, the real Tiger, was gone. Instead, Goddard was alive, inhabiting the body of Rowan's late friend.
1: Back at another conclave, Highblade Xenocrates announces that he has risen to the position of a Grand Slayer, opening the spot for being the Highblade of Mid-Merica. Seeing his opportunity, Scythe Goddard, along with his accomplice, Scythe Rand, makes a dramatic entrance. Shocking even the most confident and brave of scythes. Goddard announces that he is able to be nominated, and he immediately becomes a nominee, due to the corruption that is rapidly infesting the scythem. Goddard, a power hungry psychopath, gets nominated to become the High Blade, along with Scythe Curie, the opposing scythe who was set on taking him down.
0: Nonetheless, there can only be one High Blade. Using her quick wits, Scythe Anastasia calls for an inquest just before the votes could be counted. She makes up a clear point. Goddard is unfit for being a Scythe. His body doesn't belong to him. The only thing that he still owns is his head, which only makes up 3% of the true him. Therefore, the matter now falls into the hands of the Grand Slayers and the Supreme Blade.
1: Rowan was brought along on Scythe Goddard's trip to Endura, the island that the Grand Slayers and Supreme Blade inhabited. Before the trip, Goddard had brutally killed Rowan multiple times, reviving him just so he could see him suffer again, and again, and again. Unfortunately for him, Rowan wouldn't give him the pleasure of seeing his prey cry out for mercy. So, thinking it would help him win the trial, Goddard held Rowan captive on Endura.
0: Endura is a man-made island, Dietrich belonging to the Scythe the Thunderhead's constant presence was absent. This causes the island to have a lot of malfunctions. Well, it was expected since people always make mistakes. Everyone was so used to it that no one thought much when the alarms started going off. Moments before, Scythe Anastasia triumphantly won the trial against Goddard and Scythe Rand. Scythe Curie was now promoted to the role of High Blade of mid America. That's when everything began to sink.
1: Oceans Away Scythe Faraday visits the Library of Alexandria, a library filled with the journals of the founding Scythe. There, he meets Monira, a girl who immediately recognized Faraday. He was, after all, alive! Monira agreed to keep his secret to herself, after Scythe Faraday asked her to assist him in finding any clues that might suggest the existence of the mysterious land of Nod.
0: Eventually, Minora found a clue. She had spotted a map that showed the flight patterns from the age of mortality, back when dying was still a natural occurrence. There was a certain spot near Hawaii and Micronesia that no plane had never flown over. That had to be what Scythe Faraday was looking for. So the duo headed to Washington, D.C. to review the books in the Library of Congress. They searched all the books until they found a map that possessed the power to answer all of their questions. They found out that the blind spot was known as the Marshall Islands. No one had ever seen these islands before, not even the Thunderhead. Faraday suspected that the Marshall Islands were the land of Nod. However, something caught them off
1: guard. Their ears suddenly picked up a faint mechanical sound. The duo investigated the sound and found out that it was the Thunderhead security camera. It had recorded everything.
0: Faraday immediately realized that they had made a huge mistake. The Thunderhead was never supposed to know about the Marshall Islands. It thought it knew everything, but it had been lied to.
1: The Thunderhead was not supposed to have the ability to feel emotions. Yet, it felt the deep feeling of betrayal. It had been lied to. Humankind, the one thing it swore to protect forever, had betrayed it. Yet, it granted them its forgiveness. Humans made mistakes, and after all... It was programmed to forgive. Forgive, but not forget. <coughs> Scythe Goddard was furious after finding out that he had lost the trial. He felt deep hatred, and in response, sabotaged the mechanics that held Endura afloat. At first, no one noticed. Then, Panic slowly began to break out. Everyone was going to die. Rowan realized that something was awfully wrong and managed to escape just in time to find Scythe's Curry, and Anastasia.
0: Buildings were flooding. Scythe's were running about, frantically trying to escape their raging waters. In the eyes of Scythe Curry, there was no hope left. She could not save Citra, Rowan, and herself all at once. Taking executive action, she finds a safe room at the edge of the island, she took Citra and Rowan to step inside, then the door slams shut.
1: It would take time before Sitra and Rowan would become deadish. Dead, but revivable. The extremely freezing temperatures would kill them before the water would manage to get to them. Taking advantage of the last moments they had together, the two tried their best to enjoy their time.
0: At this time, Citra was no longer Seth Anastasia. She was Citra, Citra Terra Nova. Rowan and Citra forcefully shut out the rest of the world and focused on each other. They were able to become their past selves. Anastasia and Scyth Lucifer were gone. They held each other close, sharing their last moments together.
1: Scyth Curie hoped that centuries from now, the bodies of Citra and Rowan would be found and revived. For her, it was too late. She had done what she had to do. Now, there was only one thing left.
0: Scythe Curie pulled out a sharp blade and pointed it at her chest. Her job on Earth was done. No matter what she did, she could not escape her end. With one swift maneuver, she stabbed the blade into her flesh. Her pulse began to slow down as her vision went dark. This was the end. The
1: Thunderhead had cared about Scythe Curie and Citra. Suddenly, they were gone. Filled with anguish and despair, the powerful A.I. shrieked and screamed with all its might. The ear-deafening sound lasted for ten whole minutes. Every alarm in the entire world wailed cries of pain.
0: Grayson Tolliver had found refuge with the Tonists, a group of people who created a religion that was centered around a tuning fork. Tonists had believed in the Great Renaissance, a sound that would guide them, Hearing the Thunderhead's woeful yells, everyone began to panic. Everyone but the Tonists. They believed that this was the Great Renaissance. They had finally found it.
1: Suddenly, everyone on Earth was marked as an unsavory. Everyone was now denied access to the Thunderhead. Everyone but Grayson Tolliver. People were convinced that this was some awful mistake. That something went wrong. But if there was one thing that everyone knows, it's this. The Thunderhead doesn't make mistakes.
0: Oh. My. Gosh. I know, right? I don't even know how to explain it. It's like... The whole world just turned upside down.
1: I was not expecting that crazy ending. I need a minute to process what just happened. What do you think of the book?
0: It's absolutely amazing. Everything was perfect. If I'm honest, my heart was pounding during the last few chapters. Just like Scythe, the first book, I was totally hooked to read one chapter after another.
1: I totally agree. That ending was completely unpredictable. There were no clear hints, and I was not expecting so many of the main characters to just die. It really breaks the typical cliché of happily ever after. I was completely hooked, just like you, and I couldn't stop reading until the very end. Thunderhead has some pretty serious topics, and yet you can find bits of humor sprinkled throughout.
0: Yeah, I noticed that too. I love that we were able to look into the side characters from the previous book, Scythe, here in Thunderhead. In Scythe, I thought that Scythe Rand was 100% evil. Not only was she by Goddard's side, she also revived him here in Thunderhead. There is one chapter in Thunderhead where we are able to see why she did those actions. Even though what she did is unforgivable, I can't help but feel pity for her.
1: I completely thought she was evil too. I do feel some pity for her. And now I do realize that she is actually a really cool character, but like you, I just can't forgive her. It was because of her that Scythe Curry was forced to die. If she hadn't revived Goddard, none of that would have happened. I really liked Scythe Curry, and honestly I was shocked and really upset to see her die. She just had this really confident personality and amazing leadership skills, plus a huge heart. She was one of my favorite characters, and I did not have a single clue that she would be dead by the time we finished reading the book.
0: Yeah, neither did I. I was also surprised to see the Tonists in the book again. I thought they would have been like a one-time sad character for Scythe, so I'm kind of glad to see them make an appearance again. Tonism is a post-mortal religion which Scythe views as a cult. They played a huge role for Grayson, since they kept him safe from the Scythes, hunting him down after he was declared as a main suspect for attempting to kill Scythes, Anastasia, and Curie, even though he didn't.
1: I agree. Tonists also played a huge role in the ending of the book. They believed in the Great Resonance, and when the Thunderhead broke down, the Tonists thought that it was the sign of the Great Resonance. They were the only ones who weren't panicking, which is really remarkable. I would be scared if every alarm clock suddenly started screaming at me. It seems like they somehow predicted the complete meltdown that the Thunderhead would
0: experience. Yeah, I definitely think they'll be making an appearance in the final book, The Toll, too. I mean, we're left with a cliffhanger on their part, so I'm curious to see what else is to come for them.
1: Yeah, same here. Do you have any thoughts about the ending overall?
0: Oh yeah, I definitely do. I believe the reason why the Thunderhead marked everyone as unsavory is because it believed that humanity needed to face the consequences, and I guess one of those reasons for the consequences was because of how humanity kept the Land of Nod a secret from the Thunderhead all this time. It believed that it coddled humanity for too long, to the point where humanity didn't suffer any consequences since the age of mortality. It believes that denying humanity the lesson of consequences would be a mistake, and that even states in the book that it does not make mistakes. I think you're
1: absolutely right. The founders of the Thunderhead completely left it in the dark about the land of Nod, and I think that as it evolved, it somehow became capable of feeling some sort of emotion. It also developed a mind that was able to think for itself, which is mind-blowing. Even though it was meant to be a machine, I feel like it's more than that. It was able to experience grief and the feeling of being betrayed. It observed the actions of humankind and made its own decisions based off of that. It basically feels like it's alive, which makes me feel really bad for it.
0: Yeah, it definitely did change and evolve over time. I'm excited to find out what's going to happen next. If everyone but Grayson can't speak to the Thunderhead now, isn't it useless? Are its days of serving humankind over?
1: I would hope not. I've definitely developed a strong liking towards it. The one character I don't like as much is Goddard. He will totally be appearing in the next book, since he managed to get away without dying in this one.
0: Yeah, and Scythe will most likely be with him. I look forward to seeing what ridiculous ideas he will come up with in the next book. I also really hope that Scythe and Rowan are found and revived quickly. It's really shocking to see that the two main characters are deadish. Not completely gone, but still dead.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Let's hope that they come back really soon. So, who would you recommend this book to?
0: Well, just like Scythe, I would recommend this book to people who are looking for a wild ride. We also recommend this book to people who are really prepared to pay attention to what they read. This book is filled with content that really needs you to tune in. Tune in?
1: Like how the tonists tune their tuning fork?
0: Wow, Dana, so funny.
1: (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you're right. Thunderhead is a young adult dystopian novel, and I strongly recommend this book to anyone who has read Scythe and has enjoyed it. For me... This book is an absolute must-read.
0: Indeed. So, from 1 to 10, what would you rate this book?
1: I give it a 10 out of 10. I am so impressed with Neil Shusterman and how he wrote this book. The characters are lovable and fascinating, there was suspense and humor, and the ending completely blew me away. It left us on a total cliffhanger. I physically felt shocked after I read the ending which shows just how much connection I felt to the characters. I'm really excited to read the next book in the trilogy.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Personally, I'm not so sure. Even though this book is amazing, the process of reading it was sometimes very hard. There was this one time where I couldn't even pick up the book and I had to speed read it. But during that speed reading time, I soon became really hooked to the book especially at the end where I even stated back then that my heart was beating rapidly due to what happened. So because of that, I'm going to forget about my procrastination and give it a 10 out of 10. It's been a while since i read a book that made my heart beat that fast.
1: Oh wow, Thunderhead got a perfect score from both of us. We 100% recommend this book. You should go check it out. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Did you get that? The whole Tonus tuning fork joke? And we hope you enjoyed. See you in the next episode of Your Daily Dose of Books.